0: Okay, really, really good to have you here. I feel I'm overpowering you there, Lucy. I'm just uh, going to read um, from Luke's Gospel and then um, we're going to watch a little video clip uh, just to keep you fresh and thinking. Okay, so uh, this is Luke uh, chapter 2 and verse 25 and following. An old man named Simeon lived in Jerusalem. He was a good man who was devoted to God. He was waiting for the time when God would come to help Israel. God's Spirit was with him. The Holy Spirit told him that he would not die before he saw the Messiah from the Lord. The Spirit led Simeon to the temple. So he was there when Mary and Joseph brought the baby, Jesus, to do what the Jewish law said they must do. Simeon took the baby in his arms and thanked God. Now, Lord... Let me, your servant, die in peace. As you promised my own eyes, I've seen your salvation. It's now out in the open for everyone to see. He is a God-revealing light to all of the nations and the glory of his people Israel. And uh, the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the rising and falling of many in Israel and to be a sign spoken against and so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your soul also. I want to talk today, uh, this uh, afternoon, about one thing you must do. One thing you must do. And I don't know if uh, if you think about your life and you have a list of things that you think I'd love to do. Uh, 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 sort of places you'd like to go or things you'd like to experience and, and you kind of tick them off uh, and um, so what, what? turn to the person next to you and just say this is one thing I would love to do and if you're not sitting next to that someone shame on you squish up okay Just what? this is one thing I would love to do I want to see the Grand Canyon or jump out of a plane or whatever you just let's see what you come up with okay anyone want to play? Hands up! Who wants to? Come on! Don't be shy now. Zach's got something. No, you haven't. Uh, Tom, I think you must have something. If you're giving grief to my son, he wants to get married. married. Tom, that's really unfair. Um, Thank you, Gav. Go to Israel. Fantastic. Anybody else? Come on, Esme. Go on. Go to Disneyland. Okay. Go to Fiji. Go to Fiji. I'd like a bit more information, you just want to go play rugby, what have you got Caleb? Get some match stats, easy, easy please, get some match stats on the way home, okay, we'll take a couple more from some adults, Josh, New Zealand. he wants to go to Middle Earth, yes, I think my son would join him on that, I'm kind of there on that one, okay, um, so you, I don't know what you've got on your list. Um, but actually, uh, there's a there's a, a film, and I, I think I've shown this uh, clip somewhere before, so do apologise. But uh, there's a, a film called The Bucket List, uh, and this is a little uh, clip from that. So, did, what, did we let's let's see if we spotted? Don't put the, don't put it up yet, Tom. Let's see what we spotted. Did we, what what was on their bucket list? Skydiving, pyramids at Giza, racing fast cars, Taj Mahal. Safari, good. Anybody else? What else? Let's let's see. Let's see if we got them. Okay, Skydiving. W- ah, you missed that one. What? What? Motorbike the Great Wall of China. That's a good one. This one here, bottom right. Fancy restaurant in the Mediterranean. Obviously, none of you have gone there. Okay, next one. Yeah, we got all those. But it's really interesting that actually, um, he's got this thing on his bucket list, and and what he's... what he finding out is actually he does all these amazing things and then there's a big question that's asked. And the question is, do you ever see your daughter? Do you ever see your family? And he says, no, I don't see her. And and, the, and what happens is he writes him a letter, Morgan Freeman writes Jack Nicholson a letter after he's died. And in the letter he says, find the joy in your life. I think there's just something interesting there that writing that all the kind of experiences to find relationships, to find love, to find meaning and purpose in something that's really mundane. Because we all think, I'd like to do these amazing things. But actually, most of the amazing things that are sitting really next to you. Um, But I thought about um, what amazing thing that I kind of want to do. And I I saw this picture the other week. Now, isn't that an amazing picture? Uh, It was on amazing skies. And all of them were a long way away. This is in Java in, in uh, Indonesia. But what an amazing... Who would like to go and see a sky like that? There's just something... I mean, we, don't, we kind of live in these kind of headlights and, and streetlights. So we don't get to see amazing skies like that. But 7 billion, 70 billion, 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 billion stars. 7 and 22 noughts afterwards. How many stars? But yet, even if you saw those amazing things... The, the most amazing things uh, about finding love and relationships. And sadly, we don't put those things on our list. Often what happens at Christmas is the, the things that really matter to us uh, get missed off our list. We put on our list, oh, I'd like this, or I'd like the new gadget, or whatever. And after a few days, the excitement of the latest I thing kind of fades away. Uh, but actually, for me, these, these are the people. I, I do look rather stern in this picture, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm probably saying, don't take a picture of me. <laughs> but these people are, are, are the things that, that help me find joy in my life. It's nice to have my uh, two boys back from uh, university. It's, uh, we're still paying for them, even though they're here. Uh, but it's great to to have them. And, and, and But actually, the, the Bible reading that I said says, actually, there's, there's something even more important than that. And, and I know our culture so loves the nuclear family. Our culture so loves family that you all kind of resonate with. But I want to say, actually, maybe there's something else. There's another relationship of love and joy that actually you need to, to get to know. There's, a, there's someone else that you need to get to know. And Simeon, please move that picture on. <laughs> Simeon, who's a, an old man in the Bible. There we are. Simeon, the old man in the Bible. He, he's, he's, he's lived, for, I don't know what kind of life he's lived. I guess he didn't travel very far. People didn't do that kind of thing. But actually, he's living for one thing. He's waiting for one thing. He's been told all his life, I want you to wait for one thing. Now, we don't know if he's married or he wasn't married or had kids and didn't have kids. That, that, that's not part of it. But he's actually he's waiting for one thing. He's saying, there's one thing that I must do, one event that I must experience in my life before I can die. And actually, Simeon is told, you will hold a baby who will be God in your arms. Now that, we can just let that one slide by. But actually, I think that's really staggering. Because if you put my picture of the stars up again, if God became human, oh yeah, we got it, I did it twice. If God became human, that means that the person that spoke, the God who spoke everything into being, came here. Now, I know immediately what happens is you trip a switch and say, no, I don't do that. I do evolution. I saw a tweet the other day that says, Christians believe in the virgin birth, a baby born without conception. Atheists believe in a universe born without conception, without anybody doing it. How did it start? How did it happen? How did this amazing universe happen? I watched a program some weeks ago on on BBC4 about blood. Uh, I I mentioned this before to some of you. Uh, I watched this program about blood. And they said, the guy was like having he sat in oxygen chambers at high altitude and saying this is what happens to your blood amazingly after sort of eight hours it makes more red corpuscles and, and, and then he cut himself and the blood flows out and he showed his camera all the platelets kind of clotting and it showed this amazing thing and all these things while this was happening the, 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 the response was isn't evolution amazing? isn't evolution amazing? and I'm thinking something else well, I would, wouldn't I? Not because I'm paid to do that, but I'm thinking to else. I think, isn't God amazing? I've, I've been watching Planet Earth 2. Actually, somebody said, do you have to watch Planet Earth 1 to catch the story? But I've been watching Planet Earth 2, and I thought it's amazing programs. And what you find is, as, as, as David Attenborough, who's as atheist as anybody, who doesn't believe there is a God, as as atheist as anybody, just marvelling at the adaptions. Marvelling at the kind of way that each creature, each plant is, is perfectly fitted into its environment. And if you can believe that all happened by chance, but I would say maybe you need to think again, because actually that, the chances of those things, the fact the world is an inhabitable planet, is just so many different variables. And I know they're searching out there for, for other planets, but the fact to make a world that's inhabitable for us. There's something unique about that. And I would say this, that if, if, if the God that made it all has come to earth, then surely that demands our attention. Or at least if there's a possibility, it demands our attention. It's not something that you can just dismiss. If God who made everything and made you has entered this planet and come and been born as a baby, that is something that requires investigation. And Simeon is being told, I don't know if he he probably didn't have the science, but he he could have had every reason not to believe, but he's saying, you've got to wait for that moment. That is the one thing you've got to wait for. You must, must be there. This is your moment. This is the one thing you must do. Don't miss it. And he holds baby Jesus in his arms. And then he says something remarkable. He says, now I can die happy. What would it be for you to die happy? What would be the one thing you'd say, now I can die happy? You kind of think, well, it'd be great if Leeds won a couple of football games, but no, I wouldn't die happy. I've seen them win the league. I've seen them get to finals. No, I, you know, whatever. Oh, my, my, my son gets married, maybe, and they're off chance, slightly, or this one. Well, I'm not so worried about you. But, you know. <laughs> but actually... If the God that made it all has come and been born as a baby amongst us, there must be a reason, there must be a question, there must be something where he says, I can die happy. It's not just that he liked babies. I thought it was really interesting in the video how quickly Mary had the baby. Did you notice that? She's crying out for like 30 seconds and the baby's come. All you ladies, you just know that isn't true. But it would have been a fun one an eight-hour video would turn. Anyway... So if this baby, if God has come to earth and has been born, why? Why does Simeon die happy? What is it that he can die happy? He says, I can die happy because I've seen the baby. God who's come to earth to save the world. It doesn't take much to look around and see that the world's bust and broken in lots of ways. Actually, when we live in Cheltenham, we can kind of close our eyes and blinker off. I mean, I've even found myself doing that about Aleppo these last weeks. The shocking nature of what's going on there. the just the bombed out city. And you can just kind of get news blind. Or you just see the kind of the abuse, footballers, you know, this place, that place. You just see a broken world. And when we live where we live, and most of us probably don't see a broken world, but it doesn't take much for it to get close to you. It doesn't take much for a cancer to be diagnosed, or a family member to die quickly, or tragedy to come. And you realise the world is broken, and it needs mending. It needs someone to come and make it new. But the, the joy of Christmas is that God has come to make a broken world new. He's come to change the world, to save the world one life at a time. If God has come into the earth uh, and to do it, he's do it, done it to bring not just peace and joy and Christmas carols, but to change the world one life at a time. Jack Nicholson said in his, uh, in his video, Just because I told you my story doesn't mean you're allowed to be part of it. But Christmas is God telling you his story and saying, I want you to be part of it. I want you to be part of it. Because your life needs to be caught up in a bigger story. If your life is just about yourself, if you're the the hero in your own story, that's exhausting, it's tiresome. But Jesus has come to bring you into his story. Simeon said, I've seen now God's promise. It's out in the open for everyone to see. The the question you've got to ask, the question we've got to ask, whether you come to this church or whether you're a visitor, the question you've got to ask is, does it make a bit of difference? Does it make the slightest bit of difference that God has come to the world? as God has come to the world to change it. And the fact that he comes to change it in a way that's shocking to us and doesn't seem very Christmassy is actually mentioned right here in the Christmas story. Simeon says to Mary, Mary, this child, is caused some to fall and some to rise and to be a sign that's spoken against. In other words, Jesus divides opinion. What you think about Jesus at Christmas, it divides opinion. It even, even Christmas divides opinion. Should we call it Winterville? Should we get rid of it altogether? Should we have Jesus? What's it all about? Jesus divides opinion. And I think he's come to ask you the question, what do you think about me? He asks all the way through the Bible, who do you think I am? And then he says this to Mary, Simeon says this to Mary, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. There's something about Jesus that reveals the brokenness inside us as well as the brokenness inside the world. Something that needs to be healed. And then he says this, he says and a sword will pierce your heart also imagine that you've just had a baby some old guy comes to you and says a sword is going to pierce your heart and this baby is going to cause a lot of division but actually says pierce your heart also what he's saying is that actually this baby's heart's going to be pierced this baby's going to be crucified as a man his heart's going to be pierced this pushed us Sawed a spear into his heart. He's dead and it seems like the world has got no answers. But Easter is the story where Jesus rises from the dead and says, I've come to bring hope to the world. I want to ask you, what do you think about Jesus? If God has really come into this world, what difference does it make? There is one thing you must do. And if you feel I'm being a little bit pushy, and this is not what you expected on Christmas, or I want to say this, I, I sincerely, sincerely believe that what you think about Jesus does affect not just this life, but eternity. And Christmas is that moment to say, it more than fast cars, more than Taj Mahals, more than nice dinners, even more than finding love with your family. Find the joy in your life. Find Jesus. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for this story. But this story of Jesus, it divides opinion. He's spoken against. We dismiss him or we love him. But I pray at this Christmas time, when we take just a few moments to think, I pray, Lord, on our bucket list, on the one thing, we need to do before we die is to investigate Jesus, to put our trust in him. I thank you, Lord Jesus, you have come to bring light and life to a broken world. Amen. Let's sing.